0: Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittham, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today's a special episode. This is with Kira D'Amato. This episode ran yesterday over on the road to the trials podcast, but it's um Um, It's a big one, and I wanted to share it over here on Rambling Runner as well. Kira is an unbelievably just (laughs) amazing runner, person, all the things. She is just absolutely incredible, and her story is one that so many people have gravitated towards for so many reasons. Um, And when you get these kind of runners, these professional runners who have these second acts in their running career, it's something that, you know— Everyday runners like me and you, it's so easy to gravitate to runners like that because we can see ourselves in their comeback and uh, care being a full-time real estate agent and then coming back to professional running, setting all these records and being a mother of two and doing all this stuff. It's um, unique and she is just an awesome person to talk to. So, For all of those reasons, I want to bring this episode out. Um, She had some not-so-great news to share regarding her um, Road to the Trials run, uh, which unfortunately is coming to an end and for not great reasons, but she is just so unbelievable. I want to share this episode. In addition to that, this is kind of the bummer, right? So (laughs) this is kind of in the weeds a little bit, but it's come up in a lot of conversations, so I want to bring it up to you guys. The Road to the Trials feed is one of the... Podcast feeds around the world that has been negatively negatively affected by the changes at Apple Podcasts uh, two months ago. So Apple Podcast kind of redid their entire system because they're putting out these new membership things where, you know, you can kind of basically subscribe to a podcast and you pay to get special episodes. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is they changed their back, you know, kind of like their behind the scenes system, and it has affected certain podcasts in terms of distribution. So I haven't changed anything I've done in terms of publishing the episodes, but certain episodes don't show up on other pe- on certain people's feeds, and there's nothing we can do about it. So if you, if you subscribe to Apple Podcasts on Road to the Trials, you're going to see that maybe you don't get to see all the episodes, and that's a bummer. So I would suggest two things. First of all, don't use Apple Podcasts because it's not happening on any other platform. So there's a lot of other platforms out there. I I like Spotify. I'm a huge fan of Spotify. They sponsored the show, in fact. Uh, I like to listen there. But there's a lot of other platforms as well. So go over to one of those platforms. In addition, I wanted to share the episode here because you might not have seen it. You might not have heard it. And if it didn't show up in your feed, you might have missed it completely. So here it is. So let's get into it with Kira D'Amato. D'Amato. Hello, Kiara, and welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. Well, this was like kind of our regularly scheduled, you know, before uh, the Olympic Trials. We're getting everyone on here kind of pre-event, right? Kind of like in the two weeks before. Uh, so this was already going to happen. However... I think you shared some interesting news, um, you know, publicly uh, two days ago, and I definitely want to get you on here. So um, I'll let you break it here. If someone hasn't seen it, and we'll dive into the particulars and everything that kind of led up to it.
1: Yeah. So my news is not good news. In fact, it's really bad news. I will not be competing at this year's U.S. Olympic Trials. I've had some setbacks this spring um, that. Just kind of lingered a little longer than we thought. And um, I think we were aggressive. We can get into more detail later, but I think we were aggressive with recovery to get back, you know, as quick as possible and be as fit as possible. And, you know, I think it lingered a little bit. So kind of we decided, and it wasn't an easy decision, but we decided it was probably best for my future in the sport and as a runner to take the necessary break required and then start gearing up for the fall and i mean in a way it kind of i don't know i don't want to say it like this but like cutting the losses that unfortunately this dream isn't going to happen but there are still some really great things ahead if i you know fully recover and just get back to to business so our goals now shifted from the trials to you know, rocking a marathon this fall, and then you know there's still World Championships in 2022, so that will be uh, that will be the next the next goal.
0: And when you say "we," you said like a couple of times, we have made this decision and we're thinking this. Who exactly are you referring to?
1: I mean, I think it's me and my family and my coach are kind of the the biggest factors when I say we. You know, I. I rely on my family and my coach a lot for, for these big decisions. So it definitely was, you know, a team effort and a team decision and kind of collectively we felt like this was, was the best for my running career, which, which sucks short term. (laughs) Not, not what I wanted to say, but I think, um, you know, coming on this podcast and sharing every month, my journey, I think that this just shows that some journeys don't go as planned and, you know, we're human and stuff doesn't go quite the way that we want it to go and you know that's what happened to me this season i guess
0: in in our last conversation um you had kind of threaded the, the the needle between all right like i'm still not back things are still around but there was this sense of optimism around it like okay there's a very real chance i might not race before the trials but i also feel confident that i will be at the trials and that things are trending in the right direction um did you I guess looking back now at those conversations and how you felt at that time, do you think that was like where things were were truly heading? Or do you think that maybe it was more of like, all right, I'm I'm going to this is about being optimistic and putting myself in the right mind frame and, and trying to make sure that I'm doing everything mentally and emotionally as well as physically to put myself uh, in the right spot and um and to kind of and kind of gear everything towards what hopefully would be a positive eventuality.
1: Yeah, I think by nature I'm a positive person, but I'm also very realistic. So talking to you last month, I was really hopeful that I would be um you know, on the starting line. I I know for myself like in and, and through this, it's kind of what I think kind of fooled me about my little hiccup or this injury is that I could still run light, but it's once getting into workout. So I was seeing how fit I was on normal runs and doing long runs. And there was a lot of stuff that I could still do and do it really well. Like my average pace on runs was even quicker than it was on fall without having to push it. So I was seeing that fitness there. And I know just in my past that it takes me about four weeks to like really sharpen up, um, which Ideally, I wouldn't have only had four weeks to sharpen up for the trials, but I was still really hopeful that you know, the last few years have been extremely consistent. I know fitness doesn't go away overnight, so just having that month to sharpen up and be fit, and it's once that timeline started crunching that we really needed to reevaluate. I think that kind of the biggest thing, I, well, I've learned a lot through this, but um, I think that we underestimated what we were dealing with. And we weren't quick enough to find that root cause. Um, I feel like, you know, we may have just been treating the symptoms and we were looking for the root cause. We thought we found it. But, um, you know, just getting other opinions and figuring that out. We know now what we're up against, which is exciting to me. But um, I also think, you know, we talked a lot about this year that, you know, at the beginning of the season, we we talked about, like, how can I be? one of this nation's like best runners, like how can I make a team? And we knew that my strength was there and we wanted to make sure that if it came down to a 400 meter kick, a 100 meter kick that I could compete and I could win and I could do that. So we worked really aggressively at the beginning of this, this year, to make me faster and to make me sharper and to make me peppier or whatever. And, and I think through that training, it exposed a weakness for me. And I think through marathon training, I mean, I think it's something that's been there and I needed to work on. So in a way it's exciting to me that I found something that needed to be improved and I know what that is now and I'm working on that. So at least I feel like I I know what my enemy looks like in a way so I guess that would be kind of the silver lining of this is that I know this isn't going to happen again because I'm working on it. I'm fixing it. And, um, you know, coming into hopefully track in 2022, um, it's not going to be there. So, you know, so I guess that that has to be the silver lining of this. But
0: yeah. Yeah. And I'm and I'm so sorry this that you've kind of gone through this. i see you have big goals and you've achieved you've achieved amazing things in the last 18 months. And, and none of this takes away from any of that. Um, for people who maybe haven't listened to every episode of this or maybe they just can't <laughs> recall what happened in previous episodes. Um what was the original diagnosis and prognosis and then what steps have happened recently that have kind of altered that thinking?
1: Yeah, so the original diagnosis, we think it was just a hamstring strain or inflammation or just a little, I don't know, something funky with my hamstring. And, um, and I think that that was originally what I was treating. And I think now it was more of like a muscle imbalance that I needed to correct to be able to handle a little bit more like speed work and a little bit more turnover. Um, So I think it was a bigger issue than we thought. And the hamstring was just, um, you know, what showed up. Um, So and I think that's funny is why I was able to kind of run through it a little bit. But um, so that's, I don't know. That is what it is.
0: It's kind of hard, right? Because, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I can imagine it feeling like I wish it was like this definable, like, all right, you have a, you know, a stress fracture. We'll take six weeks. We'll deal with it. And then there's these systematic steps instead of going time and time again of like, okay, what is what actually is happening here? And it being this kind of ephemeral type type of thing as opposed to not that it's not real but uh, a less tangible feeling behind the injury and then the steps that can um happen after that
1: yeah yeah exactly and i think that that was and i don't yeah it's a little confusing in a way that it wasn't that tangible yeah this is wrong take six weeks off and come back like we had enough like signs of improvement and enough enough things that led me to believe that you know i could go on as normal and um you know i think in hindsight you know in march i probably should have just taken a few weeks completely off and started training those other muscles then and that might be a different story now hindsight is 2020 and um but i know now what i what i need to do and i guess that's that's you know what i got to focus on going forward
0: and what's the process like for you in terms of um just the working with individuals who might have expertise in this, right? Because you have like your coach and maybe the other people that you work with, whether they're PTs or chiros or people in those fields, um, and you know, within the various avenues of sports medicine, in terms of like, okay, these are these are specialists, they're professionals, you know, whatever they say, we're gonna do it, versus like, all right, you know, we're gonna do our due diligence, we're gonna see a variety of different people, we're gonna hear all these voices but that also can be tough. Like what's that like trying to navigate that process and knowing when to keep, you know, searching versus like, no, this is the diagnosis and this is what we're going to do.
1: Yeah. Um, and you know, I think I figured that out a little bit this year too. And I think a second and third opinion always helps. And I think some people look at it from a different lens than other people. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's tough, man. If you ask three different doctors three different things, they're going to tell you, <laughs> or three same things, they're going to. You could get three different answers, so, um, so it's tough. And I, you know, I kind of was fielding that this year, but um, I think I'm on the right track now, so that's good.
0: Yeah and then and you're looking at you, know, you you post so much on Strava so people can go back and look all right like this was a 73 mile week and then and then proceeded by like a 56 mile week and then a 0 mile week and then there was another slow build up and then you hit around mid 70s and then it was like nope, we're shutting it down and then it was like 3 weeks in a row of like maybe a run maybe not um when you i think it was like 6 weeks ago you you did drop the training down to like okay this week is off Right. And then you did the slow buildup. What was, what were you hope, what did you hope would be gained during that, that week off and then that, and then that slow buildup? And when did it become apparent that it wasn't happening?
1: Yeah. I think in the middle of May, you know, we had kind of, it had lingered longer and that was like within crunch time. So we kind of, our, you know, Hail Mary effort was to take 10 days completely off and to see how my body reacted. And coming back from that, there was still, you know, something that was lingering. And that's when it kind of was clear to us that, you know, we really need to um, kind of reevaluate our um, 2021 game plan. And, you know, at that point, it did feel like, you know, the trials were slipping away. And, uh, you know, that that sucks. (laughs) But, you know, we didn't want our fall and next year to slip away, too. So that's when we decided, you know, we just we got to go on to a break. We got to completely heal, and then we're going to start building up towards towards the next thing.
0: So so basically, a lot of this was sort of not decided upon, but pretty close to that about a month ago. It started to become uh, more of a reality.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, come June and just seeing that I wasn't 100 percent yet um, and, you know, I know a lot of, like, I think if my training was super consistent this whole spring, taking a week or two off right now really probably wouldn't have mattered too much. But I think just having the inconsistent training this spring is what ultimately I knew I wasn't going to be 100%. And to compete in the Olympic trials for the United States is such an honor. Like, I wanted to make sure that I was going to be 100% and I wouldn't be potentially hurting myself for for the future and it's tough too because like with with running like I always kind of look at my priority of like why I'm doing this and I know we've talked a lot about this too but you know first and foremost like I want running in my life as long as possible and a really healthy fun thing and it's so important to me I'm just a core like down to you know my bones I'm just a runner you know and I want to make sure I'm able to do that for years and years and years to come and um, and then also it's just to run as fast as possible. And I don't, you know, so when I look at those two things and think about, you know, in a way I feel like, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to say quit, but, you know, I I'm not showing up to Olympic trials, which is really really hard. But when I look about like my first two things to make sure that I'm healthy and having fun, and the number two is to run as fast as possible. I'm I'm not able to do both of those things right now. So it kind of made it a little easier just to just push that, you know? 2024 baby.
0: <laughs> hey everybody, do you want to save money on your grocery bill? Well every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. Try America's best value meal kit for planning dinners today. I love every plate for a couple of different reasons. First of all, I just love having things in my kitchen, especially in my refrigerator, that isn't the same old thing that I do every single week. Also getting things that aren't too adventurous that my kids are definitely going to eat. Obviously, you're never going to beat that, a thousand with that. But with every plate, my kids have really enjoyed it. And I like the food as well. And it's just not the same stuff every single week, which can get tiring. So you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week, swap proteins and sides for things that you like. So you can switch up your dinner routine however you want. And that's the key thing. It's however you want. There's so many options and it's all great stuff, which is also huge. For me, the difference between this and some of the other uh, services in this genre are, first of all, the price. It's absolutely fantastic. We'll get to in a second. The kinds of meals that are provided, that they're really good, but not too adventurous have also been a huge thing for me. And now I've been using these more often now that groceries have kind of gone up and the price for every plate has pretty much stayed the same. So try every plate today is $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code ramblingrunner179. That stands for $1.79 per meal. So get started with every plate, like I said, for $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code ramblingrunner179 today. That's up to $104 value. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I heard other podcasters who were really into performance and athletics, people like Rich Roll and Tim Ferriss, who used it all the time. And I thought, hey, man, if they're going to use it, then I should too. And I'm so glad that I did. So what's in this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods probiotics, adaptogens, all to help you start your day the right way. The special blend of ingredients support, your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, literally all the things. I mean, there's too many things for me to list. I actually have to like take a pause during the sentence, uh, but it's, it's legit. And I'm so glad that I use it. I use it basically because I know that Getting my vitamins and minerals from from foods is probably the best way to do it. But I usually just don't have the kind of diet and make the kind of food choices that's going to put myself in the optimum position. And that's why I take Athletic Greens, to make sure that I have everything I need because I know I'm probably not getting it from foods because I just don't quite have the, the discipline or the food choices that I need. And Athletic Greens is there to help me out. And I'm so glad that they are. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash rambling runner. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash rambling runner to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance as a self-described optimistic person, right? You just said that and anyone who has you know, heard these podcasts or heard you on a, all the other podcasts you've done, you you're very much out there and, and you've been so generous with your time with, for so many people. And you've just been, you know, a really, you know, witty and honest and open person in social media as well. What's it like for you to be going through this? This obviously was extremely frustrating for you, for what you just mentioned, right? You have these goals and even if you take them to trials out, like, You're not running. You want to be running and you want to be running fast. You can't do these things um, for an extended period of time. What's it like for you in terms of trying to balance the, Okay, I want to be open and honest, but also be optimistic and positive and not be like a Debbie Downer about like, all right, like let's talk another injury update. Things aren't going great. Peace out. You know what I mean? Like, what's it been like for you to try and balance all that stuff?
1: Yeah, that's a loaded question. Because I've always like I put everything on Strava. I'm a very transparent person, like through social media, and I didn't want to change that. Um, I also didn't want to like worry people. But I just, this is unfortunately just part of my journey and part of any, any athlete or competing in sport in general, like there's highs and there's lows, you know, and to be able to perform at the level I've been training and competing at, like you're training on a razor's edge, you know, and it can go good or it can go bad. And unfortunately this year it, it did not go good for me. So, um, but I, you know, and it was when I posted that I wouldn't be competing on Monday, like it was a huge weight and I wasn't really sure what to say. And I'm going to tear up a little bit because For me, like this journey, I mean, it's been a very personal journey, but I feel like I've had just so much support and such a big team of people that can relate to my journey being um, a parent or being a full time worker trying to balance running someone that maybe thought their dream with running was over and somehow, you know, uncovered, you know, the second chance or the second life. So It was hard to share that there was like a speed bump in my journey. Um, And I'm not really sure why, because everyone has speed bumps. But I just I have to say that I was so floored by the support and the reaction and just the comments like on my Instagram. I'm tearing up right now that so many people shared that like my story has given them inspiration to try again or to give it another shot and just reading all of that made this feel so much bigger than me. And that it just reminded me that this trials was, you know, it's not the end of my journey. I still have a lot of things to prove and a lot of people to encourage to get after their own goals. And um it was and and also so many people commented about just me as a person. And I think that's important, especially when you're going through struggles as as a runner. It's hard not to tie it all up into you know, just one being, but to separate me as a mother and me as a real estate agent and me as a friend and me as a runner that right now the runner part isn't going well, but you know, I still have so many amazing things in my life to be thankful for. Um, and I think just kind of focusing on that right now when, when it's not going so well, but yeah, so I do want to say a a huge shout out. I, I wasn't able to write back to all the comments, but I'm so appreciative for all the people reached out and shared their story and just, um, you know, just shared messages of support and said that, you know, I was a good person or funny or whatever. That really helped. (laughs) (laughs) People think I'm funny. That that really makes me laugh. That's funny to me. But um, yeah, so big, big thank you to like the running community and my friends and family for just their support through this. And, you know, I keep saying I'm down right now, but I'm not out. You're going to be seeing a lot more from me in the future.
0: Right. And I I can I can totally see what you're saying where you're you're, you as a person and just your story in and of itself became this vehicle for people who wanted, you know, a second, third or fourth act in their own athletic lives. And they saw themselves in you in terms of while they might not achieve the things you've achieved, they can kind of like adjust for inflation and kind of (laughs) do something similar in their own lives. And I can see how. That can be at one in one way, like, wow, this is awesome. And like, we're all in this together or through speed bumps and whatever. But at the same time, there is kind of that weight of expectation because everyone is not just saying, hey, we're in this together. But I'm also rooting for you and I want the best for you. And I'm so excited for you and to watch you. And that's where I can see things being like, oh, no, like, what if I let them down or they're so personally invested but what if I'm not going to be there for that investment to cash in? When you saw that response from all of those people and on some level, um, at least maybe you've a little bit kind of like allayed the fears that you had in terms of sharing it. Did it feel like not only was it a burden release, but that it also kind of altered how you in your mind, like interacted with that group of, of kind of diehard fans in terms of how they relate to you, not just as like, Hey, this is a second act and it's going to go great versus like, hey, this is still you know the the up and down journey is no different just because you know you're now at a new level as a runner,
1: yeah, yeah, one hundred percent I would say that's that's definitely definitely what I've been going through and um yeah it it kind of in a way just just re- you know announcing that and just i yeah the weight was kind of lifted off and um I don't know it, it's been it's kind of been wild because I also like. I don't want people to feel sorry for me. You know, this is the journey of an athlete, you know, and it's, it's normal. It's unfortunate and it sucks to go through this, but like, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. Like I don't want anyone to feel sorry for this journey at all. Cause it's been a really amazing magical ride. That's not over yet. But, um, but it's been, it's been really cool. And it makes, you know, even though the Olympic trials this year, that dream didn't, didn't come to fruition like the dream of being able to like help people and encourage people like that, you know, that's still going strong. So that, um, that's been cool.
0: Yes. Yeah, interesting how you phrase that too, because it, it does seem like, you know, you, you put out like everything's going to be fine and it's okay. But like at the same time, like two things can be true at once, right? Like you can be like, yes, this is a magical riot, And yet I am incredibly disappointed and sad because i had a goal and i worked hard for it and it didn't come to fruition it was something that wasn't like so out of reach like it was something that was legitimately like right there and it could have happened um as opposed to like hey i want to play in the nba i hurt my (laughs) ankle up yes i can't do that anymore um and it's it's how do you go about kind of coming to grips with the fact of like hey I get to live like this life, like hey, I'm a professional athlete, and this is an awesome thing, and I, I'm never going to complain about this. This was always my dream, but then like something pops up like this, where like it's it's legitimately a sad thing, and yet it seems like you are kind of reticent to like express that sadness because you don't want that fear of like, all right, like I don't want feeling any don't want people feeling sad for me, but that doesn't necessarily change the fact that you feel what you feel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also like I think the kind of person I am like I get over stuff like really easily like so and I it, I won't I don't want to say like I've gotten over this easily but there's nothing I can do. So any sort of like negative or sad emotion I feel like is wasted because there's so many other good things ahead. So I think I mourned, you know what I needed to mourn and I was sad about it and and then i picked myself up and it's on to the next thing and i think that any athlete you need to be resilient like that to be able to accomplish you know the big goals i mean for me like at the marathon project this year like breaking 230 and running in the low 220s like that was a huge goal but as soon as i finished like i celebrated briefly and then it's like what's next i need to break 220 you know so that goal is ever changing it's ever evolving and you know, I quickly did that with the trials too. I think just for my own happiness, for my own sanity and just, just, you know, you got to move forward. So it's not the way I wanted it to turn out. I'm so bummed. I can't tell you, you know, my heart is seriously broken, but like I, it's time to put on my pants and move forward. You know, it is what it is right now and I can't change that. So, um, and also like taking this little break from running, like this needed break from running, there's been a lot of really like fun things that have happened in my life. Like I was able to go on a lot more field trips with my kids' school and on the weekends for long runs where I would usually be kind of just down and out the whole day or needing a nap. I was strawberry picking, you know, with my kids and we went to a fair. So I filled my life with things that I probably wouldn't have if I was training for the trials. And I think that that helped keep everything in perspective because I'm happy. Um, with, with that, you know, not happy right now with running, but overall I'm a happy person and I'm going to focus on, I'm getting my broker's license right now for real estate with this new extra time that I'm not, you know, running 120 miles a week. And, um, so I've, I've filled my life and I've stayed busy and I've, you know, switched goals a little bit. And, um, and then I know as soon as I get those, you know, start like day one of marathon training, which will be very, very soon. Um. then that, you know, I'll be working towards that. So I think just, you know, to keep my sanity, you just adjust the goals and then you move forward. So I don't, you know, it's, um that's just kind of the person I am too. So.
0: Right. And as you were going through that acceptance and you mentioned, like the acceptance doesn't just have to come with um, inherently negative things. You mentioned before, like, Hey, it's also comes with the positive, right? Accepting it. And then moving on to the next thing, as you were doing that, you kind of like unwittingly became like a like of, a a person in a drama that was playing out in the track and field world where so many women have qualified for the Olympic trials in the 10 K, which is an inherently a positive thing, right? We're rooting for everybody who has that as a goal to do that exact thing. All of a sudden they're like, okay, we might need to go to two different heats. How do we, how do we do that? Right? There's so many different factors that can play a role in determining who's in one heat versus another. Is it like a heat, B heat or a one, a two right and there's so many different ways of doing this there's no perfect way and you all of a sudden your name gets brought up on a lot of these conversations because you had this unbelievable race down in the texas qualifier in, in oppressive conditions so like okay what about kira damato which if you just go by time only she wouldn't necessarily be in the first group so to speak but if you contextualize then maybe she would. And and we don't have to adjudicate all of that right now, but what was it like for you seeing this conversation happening, but knowing that you're not even going to be there and then kind of like watching this from afar and watching all of this kind of go down?
1: Yeah. um, I, first off USATF was in a really tough boat with that. You know, I feel like, you know, there was really no perfect way they could handle that, that situation. And there was definitely limits and constraints that, I think they did pick the best situation for for moving forward this way. And I think probably in the future with more time, they can you know come up with a different plan in the future. But I think that it was handled in the best way that they could this year. So I have to say that even being one and you know that I would have been in section two, um, hearing that at the time, when I first heard that, there was still maybe a possibility that I could do it, I was jazzed up. I mean, the kind of like in the fall, my stick it to the man mentality, like I was thinking, okay, you put me in section two, I'll just have to win from section two, that's what I'll have to do. So, you know, I, I don't know that that it was weird being in the conversation there. But, um, but I think that, you know, they made the best decision, I think, for the safety, and with all the conditions. And I think that, whether you're in section one or section two, I think there are a lot of fast women in both sections. So I, you know, I have no idea the winner is going to come out of section one or section two, but I think that's going to be real exciting to watch. Um, and, um, but I also, I love that there are so many women that have qualified and I, you know, I think, you know, if there's scrutiny around that, I don't, I don't think that should even be an issue. Like they've set the time and everyone has fairly hit the time. And I think everyone deserves to to race. And if they need to do that in two sections, that's fine. But I think that having a time that, you know, 50 women have qualified, that's, you know, like I was one of those women for the Olympic trials for the marathon that like it gave me encouragement that I could possibly get that standard. So I think making that standard achievable for more people just creates this whole revelation and like American distance running that now more people are going for it. And it's just pushing our whole, like all our American women forward because there's so many people now competing at that level that it makes everyone have to do better and try harder and improve. So I think it's a really exciting shift that we're seeing and that's been going on for a while, but yeah, it was funny to be in that conversation, but I, 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 so wish I was in section two and doing that. I know that there's women that can run really fast in there and we could go for it. Or like, you know, I've done time trials before. So if it came down to that, that would have been fine too. But um, yeah, I would have, I would have, I would have been fine in section two. That would have been fine with me.
0: <laughs> yeah. That would be interesting. It'd be interesting if they were like, you know what? We can't, we're gonna have two sections, but we need them to race at the same time. Yeah. So there's no advantage. So like all of a sudden it's like, okay, one is that like, you know, I don't know, a track down the street. And one, you know, So they're both in Eugene, but they're happening like simultaneously. And it's like, bang, it would just go split screen with both races.
1: That would be really cool. But then you have to say, is one, like, is the weather different one than the other? Or is it windier? So I don't know. You know I, think, I think for the women that are in section one, they've run faster. So there's an advantage. So I think that you know, like that is going to be a little bit advantage running in section one, but I know that there's some really, really tough and fast women that are going to be in section two. So I, uh, I think they're going to give everyone a run for their money and I'm sad. I'm not going to be there to help push that along, but I'll be cheering for everyone.
0: No, you bring up some great points and I I completely agree with you. And and we should say people who aren't as well versed in these kind of meets, the reason that this is, I'm putting issue in quotes. It's, it's a wonderful thing, right? It's like, it's a champagne problem here in terms of like, this is a wonderful situation. The reason this is a situation, so to speak, is because it's not like the 800 meters. We just say, okay, I guess we're having eight heats then, right? You're not going to have heats of the 10K. Like there's just, that's just a non-starter.
1: Yeah, they did like a couple decades ago, there were heats and finals in the 10K. So I think if they want to, if they predict, you know, you know, larger fields in the future, but that is really hard. Like I know after I did the 10K in, um, in Texas. That took me a little bit to to recover. So that's just a whole new animal running heats and of the 10 K that would, that would be pretty tough, but, but we'll see. But you know, I'm telling like my husband has been asking like how I'm doing. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch the track Olympic trials in the same way that I've watched every track or participated or watch every other track trials in my life. I'm going to be a spectator. I'm going to be a fan. I'm so excited to see what the U S is going to do in that race. I think there are so many women in particular that have really broken out and have done well. And I'm just so excited as just a fan of the sport to be able to see what our our country is going to do. And I have no doubt that the people that qualify for to make our Olympic team in each event are going to have to be some really badass women. <laughs> because we're, Our fields are stacked right now, which is really exciting to watch. And, you know, it's, it's, it's disappointing to only be a spectator and a fan. But, um, but I'm also real excited, you know, for the love of the sport.
0: No, I completely agree. Again, I wish you were there, but hey, I'm excited for you that you still have the excitement to watch it, right? Because I can imagine there are situations where it'd be like, it's too painful. I can't watch this, right? I'm just going to be, I would just be sitting there envisioning myself racing. I don't want to put myself through that. Maybe I'll watch a replay of it later on. Um, But it is, again, there's no judgment here. Neither one of those would be a right or wrong situation or right or wrong way to handle it. Um, But I'm just happy for you that you're still excited for something that you've always enjoyed.
1: Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's definitely going to sting and there's going to be some of that as much as I want to pretend like I'm, you know, not going to have that. Oh, there's going to be a lot of that. But I think that, I mean, I love running. I love track and field. I love everything from the shot put and pole vault all the way to the 10 K. I am so excited. Just, you know, unfortunately, but fortunately to be a fan of the sport. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing that, that all go down later this month.
0: Well, With all of that being said, I would love for you to join me after the women's 5K, the women's 10K, so we can get, you know, a professional breakdown of what happened and someone who knows all of the athletes participating and can really kind of give us a heads up as to like, hey, not only is like, did these three women win that race, but here's what I thought during these, you know, during these uh, during certain sections and the moves that were made or the moves that weren't made and and. All of us who love watching the sport, but maybe who aren't as savvy into like what exactly is happening here, not only in terms of the again, the moves, but also the the thinking going into them or deciding to lay off or the regrets after the fact like, oh, if I had gone during this move and settled holding back or so on and so forth. So I'm sure everyone who's listening, I would love to get your insights into all of those things after the fact.
1: Yeah, count me in. I'm here for it. That sounds awesome.
0: All right. Well, I got to get Tyler to do the same thing for the, the 5K and 10K. Unfortunately, he um also will be on the shelf for those events. But again, just like you, kind of the same thing of like, hey, he could do the easy runs. But it was when it, they stepped up the intensity, it was like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, So... I'm assuming I kind of already know the answer to this question. I didn't ask you ahead of time, uh, but I just knowing how this works in your world, are you able to say what marathons that you're thinking about or what events you're thinking about in the fall? Or is that, is it too early in that process to say?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about all of them. I think, um, I think you're I'm gonna going to go on a Sarah
0: Hall tour of, a, tour oh, of the yeah. world oh, doing all oh, the marathons. Wouldn't
1: that be awesome? I would, I would <laughs> love that. If I was allowed to do that, man, that would be awesome. But yeah, I'll, um, I think I know which one I'm going to aim towards. I'm not um, at liberty to say, but definitely I can't tell you how excited I am that, I mean, even if you include the Olympic marathon and then all six world marathon majors all within like a two month period. I mean, this is going to be one heck of a fall. I encourage everyone just to sign up and get going and, you know, just put their hat into one of those rings of that. So I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be quite a season, so
0: there's so many to choose from. I mean, when you think about, like, obviously you're, you have to commit, not you have to commit, but say you're going through the process of committing, Okay, which one am I going to look at when you have this with so many condensed in such a small time window, what are some of the, what are some of the characteristics or factors that play a part in you? We can leave like the money side out of it. Obviously like that plays a part You're your professional runner. This is. you you earn money and that's part of the deal. Um, We can take that part out besides like appearance fees and things like that. What are some of the other factors that play a part in making your decision?
1: Well, for me, it came down to, do I want to try to get on a course that can run as fast as possible? Or, I mean, all of the world marathon majors are going to be a little diluted this year because they're all happening within like a two month period. So this is the opportunity for someone like me that may not have had a chance to win a world marathon major to you know throw my hat into the ring and be able to compete at that. So um, I think that timing is going to be important. I think the location and the course, but I think it's you know for me it came down: do I want to run fast or do I want
0: to go for a win? So why not do both? Or both? Do both? Yeah, do What's stopping you for doing okay. both, Karen Amato? Come on, come on! You said you want to fight against the man. Let's do it. Let's get both. Okay, I'm going for both, and let's go for both. <laughs> No. i'm just kidding but um i can just see like the minute we start talking about this like you like you're like you you just feel like the excitement you're like yes we're talking about racing i'm so big like, your whole like your countenance changed. you're like i can't wait to talk about this this is going to be great i'm going to dive right in you know, uh i'm it, so i'm it's so
1: shame like i wish i you know like i mean definitely the first half of this podcast was a lot harder <laughs> for me to talk about um but I do appreciate the ability to open up and to share because you know, not all skies are blue and you know, I've experienced that, but, um, but then kind of coming on now to this part, you know, it's look, there's blue skies ahead, you know? So it's, uh, I don't know. It's, I apologize. I've been a little, I know I haven't been very, uh, articulate <laughs> the first half of this podcast, but definitely you get me all jazzed up about the fall.
0: So. Oh no, you were very articulate. I, and I think, I'm not going to speak for anybody here, but as someone who oftentimes gets messages from from track fans and 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 um fans of running and things like that, not that anyone would ever wish you to get injured, but I think that the sil- a potential silver lining is it also especially if you're willing to to talk about it and share the process, it definitely increases the potential connectivity to people who are experiencing this, right? I think you know Stephanie Bruce is a wonderful another person who is a wonderful example of this is that you know, because she has shared a myriad of experiences, that the people who are who are Stephanie Bruce fans or people who became Stephanie Bruce fans did so because of that, the layering of the different stuff. And that again, not that anyone would ever wish you to be injured, but that by sharing it and going through it, like this is what's happened, and these are my conflicting thoughts and how I want to be positive, but it's, this isn't a positive situation and all of that. I just think it just, again, it's people who, who are fans of yours will become even bigger fans. And I think the people who maybe didn't know you before, all of a sudden it it brings more context to them. And I think um, it's the exact thing that we hope to get from the professional athletes that, that we follow is a look into what's, what is their life as they Hope for and achieve great things, and I certainly feel very privileged to have some of these conversations uh, with you. Because I not only am I, you know, hosting these this podcast with you, but I'm also a big fan of yours. So thank you for all of that.
1: Yeah, no, thank you, and I, I thank you for giving me just a way to share this journey. <laughs> you know, kind of unconventional as it's been, you know, for me over the last like couple of years or whatever. I do like I've always love and appreciate the support you know, when everything's going well. And I appreciate and love the support when it's not, you know, and this has just been my journey. And I'm still like, I tell people, I'm not, I haven't found that, you know, the end yet. I haven't figured out how this journey is going to end. And I mean, I know running is going to be with me throughout my whole life, but um, I have some really big goals that, you know, I'll, I'll get to.
0: For sure. Well, again, thank you so much, This isn't going to be your last time. Like I said, you'll be back once the trial starts so we can break down what's happening uh, on the track. It will certainly be exciting wonderful theater as track always is <laughs> even in the craziest of circumstances it's always something you can talk about that's for sure and we're not going to have it, talk about what's happened this week in track but there's always stuff to talk about and i'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff to talk about during the trials as well kira thank you so much for coming on uh, i wish it was in different circumstances but it's always a pleasure to talk with you and good luck with your uh, rehab and future training
1: thank you i appreciate it and thanks again for having me
0: Kira, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, Always a pleasure to talk to you. Obviously, this is not the circumstances that we want to have in any of these conversations. But again, it's always a pleasure to have you on and to have any kind of conversation at all. Uh, June is nuts with track stuff. It is chock full of wonderful meets and performances. NCAA championships are going on right now. The Olympic trials are starting in a week and a half. This whole thing is going to be nuts. It's going to be so much fun. So make sure you're subscribed over onto the Road to the Trials podcast. As you just heard, Kara's going to be giving her her own thoughts on the 5K and the 10K on the women's side. Hopefully we get Tyler Day to do some more stuff as well with the 5K and the 10K because just like Kara, he's not going to be running and he's that he was down to do something so he's such an awesome guy just like Kara is such an awesome lady and this is going to be so much fun so go over there subscribe to road of the trials and let's get into it so thank you so much for listening and happy running this has been a production of rambling runner podcast this podcast is produced by david margetti of in post media Thank you to Metap for the music. His song "Righteous Path," featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing. I'm amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.